This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks for checking in. I'm Dan McNeil. It's the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. So glad you've decided to give me some of your day today. And hope you had a good weekend. Mine was uh, terrific, actually, on many levels. I celebrated my 62nd birthday Sunday. Thank you. I appreciate that. Joining such luminaries as Pee Wee Herman, the recently departed Paul, uh, Paul, what is his name? Paul Rubens, I think. Uh, Tuesday Weld, uh, underrated in the movie Thief, a Michael Mann Chicago thriller. Rush guitarist Alex Lifeson and future White Sox general manager Jim Tomey, all born on August 27th. So congratulations to all of us for making it another trip around the sun. I now can get my minimum Social Security benefits if this bellies up. Uh, I want to talk about the Bears very minimally today because I don't glean much from preseason successes or preseason failures. If they are chronic and there are too many unproven's unknowns, then maybe there would be a reason to be sour on this thing. Justin Fields has not tucked the ball and run away from from guys very much just yet. Why would you waste your time with that in the preseason? The Bears didn't look real good on Saturday against the Buffalo Bills. I'm not going to worry about it. The first two series, three and out, three and out. I don't know if they would have made a first down on the pass. Khalil Herbert dropped, but that wasn't on fields. The offensive line was okay. The patchworked offensive line. It wasn't terrible like I've heard some suggest. And bye-bye to Alex Leatherwood, by the way. Man, you this is a concern you have when you're in the middle of that first round. And it's not the top-of-the-line tackle. It's not the guy, hopefully, the Bears got at number 10, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, who didn't play. Of course, he's he's hurt, hopefully ready to go against the Packers on the 10th of September. But... This is a guy who was drafted just two years ago, 19th or 20th by the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's gonzo already. He may not play another NFL down. That's just two years ago, man. He's a first-round pick. That's how fast it can go, and that's how easy it is to look the fool when you're a general manager. I think of the Bears drafting 14th, uh, 0-8 with Chris Williams, the tackle out of Vanderbilt. Jerry Angelo, don't draft a guy with chronic back problems. Can't do it. So very little about the Bears. More on the Bears as cuts come out on Tuesday. The Bears have a lot of roster left to pair. Uh, 31 more guys have to get their heads slapped, uh, slotted in the guillotine and get chopped off and go looking for another team. 
PJ Walker was released on Sunday with Alex Leatherwood. So it looks like the bears have their three man quarterback room in the, uh, the fan favorites, not Ted Nugent and, uh, Nathan Peterman, who did a decent job when asked to do so, uh, in recent starts in his NFL journey. And it's a long one. So more on the bears later in the week, I want to talk about the team I have fallen in love with. And I am 100% guilty of being drunk on hard knocks. No doubt about it. Guilty is charged. Looking at the world through the eyes of a child, seeing how team, seeing how players interact with their new superhero, Aaron Rodgers. It is easy to lose perspective. It it is. I I grant you that. It's easy to think Aaron Rodgers is still a great football player. Maybe he isn't. He has shown signs in recent years of, of not being the player he was when he was winning all those MVPs. Yes, he's copped one late in his career. That's a fact. Did he really impress you every time? And now, if all you saw him was against Chicago, then the answer is probably yes. But the arrow is pointing down on Aaron Rodgers. That's, that's the intellectual argument. It's tough to buy into that when you watch the way people gravitate to him. He has a magnetic personality. He has endeared himself to teammates, coaches, fans, and so far media even in New York. It has been fun to watch this guy at the end of his career take a team that hasn't been to a Super Bowl since Joe Namath in Super Bowl three. And the Jets, a team that's only been to an AFC championship game once in really the modern era of pro football, Mark Sanchez, a few years back, they've been a punchline. They've been the second team in a two-team city. They are the White Sox of NFL New York. That's who they are. And this year, that's going to change. And I want to get to an interview I did last week in just a couple minutes with Joe Klecko, the recently um, recently enshrined Pro Football Hall of Famer, had the gold jacket back in July fitted, and his bust is in Canton. He got in on the seniors' ballot, and he endorsed Steve McMichael heavily. But we'll get into what his thoughts are on Aaron Rodgers and the Jets in just a second. But I want to talk with you about the offensive talent on this team and why it is so easy for me to load up at Bet Rivers right now. Get on your Bet Rivers app, kids, and take a look at what the payments are for the the prices are for the New York Jets. If you share my fondness for this roster offensively, which possesses both the offensive and defensive rookies of the year last year. Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver, was the offensive rookie of the year. And on the defensive line, you, uh, defensive side, you had Sauce Gardner, the corner. And those two working against each other, kind of battling a nice little rivalry in practice. And I knew about this before Hard Knocks, so I was already drunk on that. But, man, they are so loaded offensively. It, and it's not just Wilson working with Rodgers. It's the 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 two-headed backfield that I expect to be. I don't think it's overstating it to suggest this could be the best one-two punch that we have seen in NFL history. 
I'm not exaggerating. Now, I, I don't know where you would go to 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 trump that argument if you would go all the way back to the Packers with Horning and Taylor. I wouldn't. Would you go with the two white guys from the Dolphins, uh, Zonka and Kick, or would you go Zonka and Morris? I don't know. The Saints had good running backs when they were in their Super Bowl era. In terms of their versatility, 600-600 guys. But I, I don't know what the best tandem would be in NFL history. This has a chance to be that because Brees Hall, coming back from his ACL reconstruction, looks amazing. He is confident. They had him mic'd up before their first one of their practices, and he's talking about hitting 23 miles an hour. And Dalvin Cook comes in, and they are Dalvin Cook. I don't think people outside of Minneapolis know how goddamn good this dude is. He is an amazing football player with breakaway speed, unbelievable speed. They are loaded, and here's here's the here's the prices right now for the Jets. Have I talked you into it? <laughs> don't do what I do. Uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Jets at plus 250 to win the AFC East. Buffalo is the favorite. Jets and Buffalo open the season on Monday Night Football. How's that for in your face on uh, on the 11th of September to recap, uh, to put the, uh, the nightcap on, on week one of the NFL season? Jets plus 250 to win the AFC East. I'm on it today. 10 to 1 are the Jets to win the AFC. I like to I understand why Kansas City is the favorite. That's my intellectual pick, emotional pick, return on investment. Jets at 10 to 1. Nice. Aaron Rodgers to win MVP. Boy, does he have one more in him? If he does, and you put down on it, it pays 16 to 1. How about Garrett Wilson to lead the league in receiving yards? He's clearly the one there. I don't think Randall Cobb is going to, to, to nip at the heels of Wilson the way some other number two receivers do on their teams, including Minneapolis, where the reigning yards receiving champ, Justin Jefferson, works. And, of course, they drafted uh, the kid, Jordan Addison, out of USC in the first round. I, I don't think this group has that number two. So I like that as a long shot. 20 to one Wilson at Bet Rivers today to lead the league in receiving yards. Do you like Quinn and Williams, their defensive tackle, who was funny on hard knocks when he's mic'd up and he was talking about a player on the other team saying he called me fat. Did you hear him? He called me fat. And then he went and had words with him. 33 to one. For Quinnen Williams to win the Defensive Player of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. How about a Comeback Player of the Year? I got ideas for that. I'm not going to give them all away today. But the Jets to get the number one seed in the AFC. Man, if they can get the Bills on opening night, <laughs> it's... Robert Sala, coach of the year. Oh, baby. There are gonna be some, there are gonna be some investments on those jets. I want to get to the Hall of Famer 
uh, and stop blabbing, stop gushing over my Jets. Joe Klecko, a guy who was a terrific football player, most deserving of getting enshrined in Pro Football's Hall of Fame. I really enjoyed watching this cat play. His career began in 77 when I was still playing high school ball. I was a D lineman, so I loved watching him play. We talked about his career at length, but we got excited, both of us did, talking about what Aaron Rodgers means to these New York Jets. And Klecko is still out in that area. He's around the Jets on a regular basis, and he says, yeah, when you see how guys respond to a player who has that type of persona, that gravitas, you can't help but start drinking a little bit of the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, in the very beginning, you know, when, when he was coming out of Green Bay and there was that dark place and all those type of things that we're talking about with him, and you didn't realize how much of a riff he had with the Green Bay Packers. You know, he wasn't happy at all being there with, with everybody. I'm not going to get into who and why and where. But the one thing he did when he came to New York, he endeared it. I mean, he really did. You've seen him at Knicks games with Sauce. You've seen him, you know, at, at, at concerts and stuff. You know, uh, you know he, he embraced the whole thing. And then when you've seen him taking even the offensive linemen in, in their, their practices before camp, talking to them about, you know, when I audible out of this, what do you do with a guy that's head up inside with, to the offensive linemen? Now, that's rare. I mean, that's that's Tom Brady-ish, you know. Listen, I, I believe Tom Brady willed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but their talent, too, into the Super Bowl and won it. Because Brady convinced every single guy on that team that he could do better than what he was doing. Brady was the reason. I'm without a doubt. Everybody talked about all the conversations he had at night, you know, with uh, with Fonday, uh, the, the running back. You know, everybody that was involved in Rodgers has done that here. And he has just endeared himself to this. I mean, the coaching staff also has, you know, endeared him. You know, how do you get a guy come in and talk about the way he wants to run something? Well, you listen to a guy like Rodgers because he's done it and he's very smart. So when he comes in, the players endear to him, the coaches endear him, and he endears them back. That's a that's a recipe for success, without a doubt. There are three franchises, in my opinion, Joe, in the NFL that have more tortured fan bases than every other team. <laughs> they are Detroit, Cleveland, and the New York Jets. Who? That's my first Super Bowl, and uh, I'm 62. That's the first one I remember. Super Bowl three. What is it about Jets fans that you've enjoyed over the years? What makes them special and unique? Well, I really believe the New York fans are the smartest fans. I really do because, you know, listen, I, 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 I've done business in New York now for 26 years after my career and stuff like that. And I know, I know the city inside out. I know the people inside out, you know, from the, uh, from the iron workers to the guys who own the companies. And, you know, the greatest thing about them is they do throw all in. I mean, everybody loves the Yankees because of so many championships and all. And, you know, they still you find that 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 fighting against Yankees, Mets, and uh, Giants, Jets all the time. And when they start talking about them, you hear statistics come out of their mouth that you never thought you'd hear from a, a lame person. You know, you think you'd hear from a guy in the business. 
So I just believe that New York fans, they throw all in when they're in. You know, it's not even – and every single guy, basically you talk to, and a lot of women, are they have their, their roots somewhere. In other words, you, you won't walk in and listen to a guy talk about, you know, tennis like you will about football or baseball. You know, so those those four, the four teams in, in New York, and, of course, the Islanders, the Devils, you know, all those kind of things always have that tremendous root base of people who love them. And I just think New York fans are the most passionate. I mean, you know, I've taken a lot of bass, uh, beer bass, Budweiser bass in Buffalo, too, you know. So, you know, they're pretty passionate also. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week. Typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. I love talking with Joe Klecko, number 73. That's a guy who just, uh, you know, give no quarter, take no quarter. And uh, we got into all kinds of geeky conversation I haven't shared with any of you yet on how to use your hands as a defensive lineman and how the rules changed over the years. And D linemen got a little bit more uh, of a chance to use their athletic skills, boxing skills in his case, because he was he was an amateur boxer as well. But thanks to uh, thanks to Joe Klecko for giving me some time and Randy Merkin for making sure that happened. You know, one thing I got away from over the weekend was was White Sox stuff. And it was good to do that for me because I I'm exhausted from the negativity uh, I understand why people are are pissed at the Sox, and every time Jerry Reinsdorf opens his mouth, it's a mistake, and the acquisition of Tony La Russa as a consultant, even though it means very little, if anything, is just sticking at the Sox fans who hated it last year. High percentage of them hated it when La Russa was named manager of the White Sox. I, I, I don't have any room for it right now. I'm on a reboot with sports. I will get back to the Cubs and nice to take another series over the weekend. I, I will, I will get back to the Cubs in a subsequent broadcast this week. But for, for me right now, unless there's, unless anything breaks, I don't feel the need to keep grave dancing on Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. There's a lot of that out there. I'm eager to see what they do going forward and announcements could be quicker than a lot of people expected. But I don't have room for it because I am uh, very excited about the the new year for me, age-wise, now in year 63, my Ernie Big Fat Cat Holmes year, if you will. Uh, who's the all-time number 63? Willie Lanier of the Chiefs? That would be my executive producer, Sam Michaels' vote, even though he might not have known Willie Lanier was 63. Although he has knowledge beyond his years, I will, I will give him that. I'm excited about the Bears and getting a chance to to watch them develop further. This town deserves a better product than it's than it's had for so long. The Bears have gotten away with being a lousy operation. If they were a restaurant, you wouldn't have eaten there. 
as often as you did. And that's 16 meals a year. Now 17. Think about 17 bad trips to a restaurant. If your restaurant sucks, it only wins three out of 17 visits. (laughs) I'm not going there very often, but I don't have the room for it right now, despite the injuries on the offensive line and now having hope that position changes won't, you know, hurt them radically, hoping Larry Borum has some football left in him. Same thing with Lucas Patrick, if he ever can stand up and uh, and suit up. I'm ready for the, uh, the change. I, I'm ready for excitement and optimism, a Cubs playoff push that has been fun. Cody Bellinger, in my opinion, has an opportunity. Of course, it's your opinion, Dan. You're the one talking. Has an opportunity to be an all-time top 10 Cub. I don't think I'm exaggerating. There's no investment in it for me. I'm not related to Cody Bellinger. I've never met the man. I've never interviewed him. He just turned 28. He's a former league MVP. He's going to cost a lot of money, but he's not going to get Mike Trout money because of the two-year hiccup, because of a little bit of an injury bug. You know, the the world is going to be signing up to to see where Shohei Otani goes. I want to see the Cubs get Bellinger re-signed. That's, that's what I want to do. And that's a fun story. And uh, they, they could be good for some time offensively with Cody Bellinger back to MVP form. He's not going to win it this year. He's, I don't think he deserves to be top three, top five. Top five for sure. So... Positivity for me to come more later this week. Uh, unless, of course, it starts raining turds on us. Just you know, in the movie Kingpin, isn't that what Ishmael said? Randy Quaid's character, he didn't know there's a shitstorm coming. Uh, he thought it was literally a shitstorm. He was Amish and he didn't know the difference. He goes, Run, everybody, there's a shit cloud over there. Uh, I digress. Um, more optimism to come and uh more football. I'm going to continue to peruse my Bet Rivers site for other investment opportunities. I am going to take the Jets at plus 250. I think that's a good one. They, by the way, are a slight underdog opening night against the Bills. I've seen a point. I've seen a point and a half. Um, that's that's a lot of respect to the Jets. The wagers are letting us know that uh, this Buffalo thing is no certainty if that game were being played. In, uh, in New Jersey, I would guess the uh, the Jets would be a half a point favorite. I think I saw the total at 46 and a half and also at 47 uh, earlier. But uh, make sure you get your bets in. I'm going to do that. I'm loading up on the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I can let my wife Sherry know right now for Christmas, I'll take an XL in anything with that gorgeous hue of green, but not Hugh Green. Adam Delavitt runs the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael is my executive producer, thanks to Randy Merkin, who handles a lot of our bookings. Uh, Troy Mocker, who gets me odds updates on a regular basis. Alex Pastor, who's in charge of our social media redistribution. We got a cast of thousands. Feel good about that. Back later in the week, have yourself a good start to these final few days of August. I'm Danny Mac, and for now, I'm Taillights. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.